Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, Matt's half of MMA and stuff this week. I'd like to open this week by uh, apologizing that this is not a regular show per se, but both Mike and I are going to try and uh, give all our loyal listeners a a half hour of content this week, except we're going to be separated, uh, not speaking to one another. I am currently on the road, as they say, in the business, and we'll have to make a stop momentarily to uh, get some coffee, because it's around 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I am driving home and have to stop at the bank also on my way. So, what is going on in the world of MMA and stuff, you might be asking yourself. And the answer is, this past weekend we had UFC 227 in Anaheim, California, headlined by TJ Dillashaw, defending his bantamweight title against Kobe Garb. Dillashaw won the fight by, I guess they declared it TKO. I believe it was the first round. I have no notes in front of me, so this is all ad-lib off the top of my head. Uh, So excuse me if I'm wrong, but you guys already probably know the results anyway because it was several days ago. Um, I'm at a four-way stop. That guy let me go. It was my turn anyway. So, uh, yeah. Um, TJ Dillashaw is really good at fighting is the bottom line. Um... This is the second time in a row he's beat Garbrandt, who looked unbeatable prior to this fight. Garbrandt obviously had um, that big win over Dominic Cruz and looked like he was going to be, you know, maybe one of the UFC's next big stars. Um, but it's not panning out that way. Dillashaw has Garbrandt's number. He's just a little bit quicker. Um, was landed at the end of the fight a lot of good right hands they were just throwing and banging and Dillashaw was just a hair quicker and kind of lit Garbrandt up Garbrandt didn't go down he didn't get knocked out cold but um, he was up against the cage taking shots and he was definitely staggered and didn't know where he was at so um, I was okay with the stoppage I think Garbrandt complained about it a little bit but Um, It wasn't looking good for him, and Dillashaw had his number again. So after the fight, Dillashaw claimed that he was the the greatest bantamweight of all time. I think Dominic Cruz still has that claim. If anything, I I don't know where Cruz is at injury-wise or what he has going on, but uh, a Dillashaw-Cruz rematch maybe makes sense. I think Cruz... um, I, I mean, I know Cruz beat Dillashaw a few years ago in Boston. Um, it was a decision win. It was a close fight. But um, if Dillashaw really wants to make that claim, he should fight Dominic Cruz again. So we'll see what they do next with Dillashaw. Um, there was a guy in the co-main event who actually challenged Dillashaw, and that was Henry Cejudo. Cejudo beat uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Uh, by decision, split decision. It was a very close fight, 48-47 on two scorecards and 47-48 on the third. So a a razor-thin decision for Cejudo. I think I scored a three rounds to two for Cejudo myself. Um, I believe I gave him two, four, and five. Uh, Cejudo won those rounds really with his wrestling. Um, Got a couple takedowns, controlled position. DJ was trying to get up, and Cejudo didn't do a lot of damage. Um, 
but the rounds were so close, a couple takedowns made the difference. Um, it looked like DJ broke his foot in the second round. There were some pictures on Instagram and social media of uh, DJ's blown up foot, and it didn't look good. Uh, it was also reported that he tore his LCL during the fight. So early on, um, Johnson got injured. If him and Cejudo fought again and he wasn't injured mid-fight, you know, I'd still probably favor DJ, but um, that's how the, the cookie crumbles. So his um, record setting 11 consecutive title defenses, uh, that streak came to an end this past Saturday night, and Cejudo is an impressive guy. He's, I mean, obviously the only Olympic gold medalist to win a UFC championship, so He's in an elite company of all his own. A lot of guys, there's been Olympic gold medalists in MMA, um, whether it's in judo or wrestling or whatever, um, and none of them have ever won a, a championship like Henry Cejudo did. So props to Cejudo. He's he's the real deal, I guess. Um, after the fight, he challenged Dillashaw and said he wants to move up to 135. Um, if it were me... And based on sport, I would probably give DJ an immediate rematch since he defended that belt 11 times already. If there's ever a guy deserving of an immediate rematch, it would be uh, Demetrius Johnson. I don't know how you give Cody Garbrandt an immediate rematch when he... um, I don't even know if he defended the bantamweight title. I think he beat Cruz and he lost it to DJ and he got a title shot right away, a rematch. So I don't know how you could deny Demetrius Johnson a title shot. Uh, Also on the card, again, this is off the top of my head. um, I know Hanato Moicano defeated Cub Swanson. Moicano's a uh, prospect from Brazil who's looked really good in the UFC. I believe he's undefeated, like 13-0-1 or 14-0-1 maybe. Um, he looked really good. I'm trying to think what else was on that undercard. Thiago Santos won a fight, but he was way oversized compared to the guy he was fighting. Uh, and I didn't see any of the prelims at all yet. I've uh, been working a lot this past week. And have some family stuff going on. So I I haven't even had a chance to watch the prelims. So essentially that's my... uh, I guess that's my take on UFC 227. I'm going to run into Cumberland Farms right now. And get myself a nice coffee. And I will be back momentarily. Thanks for listening. Sit tight. And I'm back. Uh, Thanks for hanging in there. Uh, I was in the convenience store and something struck me. Chewing tobacco. Like, seriously. Not to sound like Seinfeld, but what's the deal with that? Uh, Gross habit. Like, literally, the sign for all these different, like, chews or whatever people call that stuff, they're literally over the sign it says may cause mouth cancer like why would you put that in your mouth and chew on it I guess you get a buzz or whatever but like literally like rips open your gums right and you get 
the tobacco or nicotine or whatever that way. But it's nasty. It's like people spit it in a bottle, like a plastic bottle or some shit. I don't know. Um, I don't get it, but uh, that's just me. Uh, one other thing I should say about Cejudo I was thinking about while I was in line getting my iced coffee is this. He's not going to get a lot of credit for this win because DJ got hurt during the fight and he won by split decision. It was a close fight. But you got to remember that this guy just beat the most dominant champion in UFC history. DJ had won 11 straight title defenses with a bunch of finishes in there. It looked like a killer. It looked unbeatable. Um, I mean, just, you know, less than two years ago, he beat Cejudo and destroyed him in the first round. This Cejudo comes back and hangs with him for five rounds and arguably wins three of them. So I I think a little um, homage should be paid to Henry Cejudo here. He he deserves a little more uh, respect, accolades, what have you, than he's been getting. Um, I, I don't think they're going to do his fight with Dillashaw next. I think he should run it back with DJ. There's plenty of guys at flyweight he hasn't fought and could defend that belt against. Uh, it seems a little early for a super fight, but in 2018, this day and age, who really knows what the heck the UFC is going to do. Uh, in other news regarding UFC 227, um, California State Athletic Commission has sort of different rules for weigh-ins they um obviously weigh the guys in the day before they also check your day of fight weight and you're supposed to be within 10 pounds of your fighting weight so if you fight at you know 125 you can only step into the cage at you know 12.5 pounds heavier uh i believe that's their their methodology well (laughs) Only six of, I want to say, let me think about this. Six of 26 fighters were within the the 10% range. Every other guy on this show, the other 10 fighters, weighed more than 10% of their weigh-in weight 24 hours prior. Uh, Two guys in particular were way over, like over 15%. I think Brett Johns and Alex Perez um, what jurisdiction the California State Athletic Commission has over those guys is debatable. I guess they made recommendations to the ABC, the Athletic Boxing Commission, like the the National Commission, that these guys should move up in weight, up to a higher weight class. But I don't know how much water that holds. Um, I think Alex Perez has some sort of doctor's note or some kind of medical information that says he can fight at flyweight. Um, it's interesting. I mean, the, the weigh-in thing is a problem. Cutting weight's a problem. We've talked about it ad nauseum for the past several years at this point. Um, people, you always hear, what's what's it going to take to change these weigh-ins and the weight cutting and people always immediately jump to is it going to take somebody dying for anything to change and that might be what happens uh i hope it's not um it seems like there should be a better way obviously guys who are cutting a lot of weight are doing it for a reason they have to gain some benefit from going into the cage 10 15 pounds sometimes 20 plus pounds heavier 
than they were at the weigh-ins, but it's not healthy, it's not good for you, and there's got to be a better way to do it. Um, Same-day weigh-ins are issues because the guys will go into the cage extremely dehydrated. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the fix is. There's got to be a way to test for... um, you know, moisture in the body, how much water you have in the body, how drawn you are, that sort of thing. Um, but the UFC hasn't shown a lot of initiative in that regard. They have in other things, whether it's drug testing, what have you, but they've been slow, slow to move on the weight cutting issue. So maybe this California State Athletic Commission thing will open some eyes. I don't know. Um, only time will tell, but It'll be it'll be interesting to see if Brett Johns and Alex Perez actually have to move up in weight. I can't imagine that the California State Athletic Commission really has any power over uh, what guys can weigh. But we'll we'll see. Maybe if they try and fight again in California, they'd make them fight at a higher weight. But most of these guys are going to fight in Vegas anyway, or you know their their home country, whatever it might be. Uh, what else? GSP did an interview saying he wants to fight Conor McGregor or Khabib next. He wants to get the winner of that fight and claims he can make it down to 155 pounds. Um, I know Dana White was kind of dismissive of this and wants GSP to kind of pick a weight class and stay with it. He doesn't want GSP to win another belt and then relinquish it. But what do belts really mean in 2018 anyway? So, if GSP can make 155 and fight the winner of Connor and Khabib, you're talking another one and a half million by pay-per-view easy. Um, it would literally be the two biggest stars in MMA at that time fighting each other. If Khabib beats Connor, he's going to be a huge star. It's as simple as that. And him versus GSP would be pretty intriguing based on Khabib's wrestling and GSP's going to have a huge size advantage either over either one of those guys. I mean, GSP fought at 185 and might beat Michael Bisbing less than a year ago. Um, now he's going to fight two guys at 155. It'll be it'll be interesting to to say the least. But it doesn't seem like Dana wants to go in that direction. But uh, time will tell. I know there's a show coming up in Toronto. Uh, one of the rumored fights would be GSP and Anderson Silva. Because Silva's coming off that suspension for, I guess, a tainted supplement was the claim that USADA made. We probably all know better than that, though. So, GSP's claiming he's not interested in Anderson Silva. So, I don't know. We'll see what GSP gets next. Uh, Speaking of Khabib, video came out just a couple days ago. I don't know where it was. I think it was Khabib and his cousin. It might have been like his cousin's Instagram page. But Khabib was in a city. Um, might have been. It was probably L.A., I'm guessing, because the, the UFC was out in Anaheim. But he was out on a sidewalk somewhere, and there was a homeless guy. And Khabib was offering to pay him money to do push-ups. The guy was not physically able to do push-ups. I mean, this is a homeless guy clearly down out on his luck, not looking... Uh, particularly healthier in shape. Khabib, I'm not sure if it was Khabib or Khabib's cousin, what the actual scenario was, but 
essentially one of them was was teasing the guy, offering him to give him money if he could do push-ups. The guy can't do push-ups, then he gets up, and Khabib pretends to hand him money. That guy goes to take it, Khabib pulls it away, and he laughs at him. The cousin who's filming it's laughing at him. Khabib just came off like a major douchebag, for lack of a better term, just kind of mocking this poor homeless guy who's... Um, clearly struggling to get by and survive and Khabib just looked like a dick Um, there was a lot of debate online I saw that Khabib was um, giving the guy money for exercise and all this crap kind of defending Khabib but it was a douchey move I I wish Mike was uh, on the other end here because I'd be curious to get his take on this but it was not like good-natured fun like it it was picking on a a homeless guy which you know I, I personally don't find that funny like to beat up on somebody when they're down I I try not to do that when I can help it um I'll make fun of people for being an idiot or something but um I wouldn't tease a homeless guy with money uh but that's just me. Maybe maybe I'm an uptight loser, but it's a bad look, in my uh, humble opinion. I am H.O., if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, Nate Diaz has been on Twitter lately. Um, he says he can't commit because the UFC is full of shit, something like that, on, on Twitter. So I, I don't know what the deal is with his fight with Dustin Poirier at this point for MSG. That was going to be a huge fight. I was really looking forward to it. The last time I was driving in, the, in this uh, fine automobile here, I was talking about that Diaz-Poirier fight. That has all the potentials to be a classic. They're both exciting fighters. It's nice to have Nate back. He's exciting. He's a big draw. There's charisma and an it factor there with him. And now it looks like he's pulling out of the fight because he's mad about Connor having a fight a month before. But, like, grow up. I, I, I'm sure. I'm not sure he's going to fight, but both the Diaz brothers are known for never pulling out of a fight. And I don't know if this is a way for Nate to get more money or what his rationale is or it's his way of hyping fights. At this point, he just talks trash on Twitter, which could be, because uh, it's keeping him in the news, especially <laughs> considering, you know, a Connor and Khabib fight was just announced. Nate's finding a way to stay in the news by saying he's not going to fight. So um, hopefully they can uh, come to terms or it's just a ploy by Nate to get more press. Either way, I- I'd like to see Nate back. It- it- the UFC is more fun with him around. Um, so, yeah. Nate's Nate's status is up in the air at the moment. Uh, what else is going on here? Greg Hardy is in the news. He won another fight on Dana White's Contender Series. There were reports that he had like a knee injury from some arena football league game. I want to say like four or five weeks ago, and it sounded like he was going to be out for a while, but. Clearly, it wasn't that serious of an injury because he's back in the cage again and knocks some dude out in like 16 seconds. It's a guy who was like 3-0. Um, I never heard of him. 
don't know too much about his opponent, but Hardy's the former NFL, I want to say linebacker, um, played for the Cowboys and a couple other teams, but is most famous for allegedly beating up his ex-girlfriend and um, throwing her on a pile of guns and just being a, a maniac with some drug issues and different domestic issues but um, Dana White is claiming Greg Hardy's cleaned his life up he deserves a second chance and there's something to that um, hopefully he can stay clean and not get into trouble and maybe maybe it could be a redemption story the UFC took a lot of heat for signing him um, there's hunt literally thousands of better fighters in the world they could sign but they signed Greg Hardy because of his name and most of his name was based off of domestic violence charges which you know it's pretty unforgivable but he can't not work forever and he probably does deserve a second chance but there's better fighters they could have signed and have him win a couple fights, pro fights somewhere else, and make sure he's really got his shit together before you bring him in. Um, I'm not sure what the plan is for for Hardy next, if they're going to try and move him into UFC cards. Um, I I don't know, because the Contender Series isn't going to start up again for another 9 or 10 months. I think it starts up before next summer. It's like a June to August sort of thing. Um... So I don't know what Hardy does. If he takes the next nine months off or they put him on a, a UFC undercard somewhere. But, uh, yeah, Greg Hardy won again by knockout. I mean, he looks good. He hits hard. Um, I'm not sure how, how skilled he is. He's just kind of a wild brawler at this point. But obviously there's some athleticism and some power that uh, just a lot of the UFC heavyweights can't match. Just... He's a superior athlete to those guys. He's, a, I mean, a former all-pro <laughs> football player. Um, Dana White did uh, a little press after the, the Contender Series. He said uh, that Tough, the Ultimate Fighter Series, is going to continue on ESPN. They're probably only going to do one season a year as opposed to two seasons. Um, Dana White can play, like, I mean... He claimed that between DVR and live viewership that Tough is still doing a million viewers a week, which I find baffling and shocking. Like, I never watch Tough, and if I'm not watching Tough, I can't imagine who is. There's not a lot of hardcore fans out there that care enough about Tough, but... Maybe between second showings and DVR and the initial show, they I can't imagine. I can't imagine that there's a million viewers every week for that show. I mean, the prelims for big cards don't even do a million viewers anymore. Like People are really watching this like lousy soap opera with fighters they've never heard of fight badly after 27 seasons. I, I don't buy that million number of viewers every week, but... Whatever, apparently ESPN wants it. Dana wasn't real clear if it was going to be on regular ESPN or ESPN Plus or, or what. But Tough is going to continue uh, to no one's... 
to no one. I, I mean, I, I don't know anybody who watches the show or anybody who would be looking forward to it being back for its 28th, 29th, 30th seasons. But uh, whatever. <laughs> It'll be on. Um, i trying to think what else Dana talked about. Um, talked a little bit about GSP, Greg Hardy touched on that oh they're building like a new a new gym to fill the can to film the contender series and tough in i think it's going to be like off the performance center he said it was like 130,000 square feet so it's going to be like it's big new studio gym um basically like a a small i guess you could call it arena gymnasium whatever to film tough in the future which is which is interesting. I mean, the show could use a facelift, but I, I don't know that a new gym is gonna be enough makeup on that on that pig. It's still gonna be a pig, uh, no matter how much makeup you put on it. So, yeah, I'm not looking forward to more tough. Is is the bottom line? No matter where they're filming it. Uh, what else is going on here? Um, I know there was something else. This is hard to do off the top of your head. Um, hmm. Oh, uh, Ronda Rousey had her first free, I guess you would call it free match on Monday Night Raw. I think she threw around Alicia Fox for a little bit. I just saw highlights of it. She was doing, um, they weren't hip tosses, but arm drags or something and whipping her around the ring and... um, I don't know. I, I don't know what the ratings did or, or how that ended up, but you would assume for Ronda's first free match on Raw that it, it would do a decent number, move the needle a little bit. Raw's been really struggling in the ratings lately, um, but it doesn't seem to matter. They signed a new deal and are getting paid either way. Um, ratings seem down everywhere between UFC and WWE and everything else. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. In other news, uh, the Ring of Honor New Japan show at MSG. Those tickets went on sale um, for Ring of Honor club members. And I guess I sold 9,000 tickets in the, in the first day, um, which is pretty impressive. I, I guess if you were a Ring of Honor club member, you could buy eight tickets. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people scoop those up with the idea they would sell the ones they they didn't have friends or they couldn't unload themselves. So probably be a lot of tickets on the secondary market. Um, I was thinking about going to that show. The general public sale, I think, is Friday morning. So I might hop on and take a look at that. Uh, I'm trying to think if Trump's done anything weird lately. Oh, he's like feuding with uh, LeBron James. He made fun of uh, the CNN anchor, Don Lemon, and basically said Lemon's like the only person who's dumber than LeBron and that Trump likes Mike, or a, a reference to Michael Jordan, uh, more than LeBron. It's coming off like LeBron and Akron building a school, spending millions of dollars to get this school up and running. Um, it's buying the kids' bikes so they can bike to school and helping them pay college tuition if they finish high school at this school in Akron. It's like um, LeBron James seems like a pretty good guy, um, especially compared to Michael Jordan, who's notorious for being a prick, basically, um, like a degenerate gambler, 
competitive freak um, who would gamble all night until he won some money and pressure people into gambling and everything else. Um, I don't know. It, to me, uh, a lot of this is just always a distraction with Trump and something else will come out in the news and Trump will come up with another distraction and get people talking and it's just a cycle of ridiculousness where nothing ever sticks because there's always something new. Um, a lot of these stories and scandals or whatever would probably end political careers but with Trump there's been so many it's like nothing surprises anyone. There's like um, there's something about shock value where if you keep shocking, I guess in this case your audience, they become numb to it. I mean, it's the classic, you know, Vince Russo WCW booking where on one Monday Night Raw you set Sting on fire, Hulk Hogan retires, and you shave Ric Flair's head all in one episode. Um, so when it's done, you don't even know what you saw and don't even remember anything because there was so much crazy shit going on. and. To me, that's kind of what Trump is in 2018. It's just like one crazy story after another, whether it's the Space Force or LeBron and Don Lemon or NFL players kneeling or North Korea. It's just, um, I mean, we, we were bombing Syria not that long ago. Nobody talks about that. We dropped the biggest non-nuclear bomb in Afghanistan it's just like nobody remembers any of that stuff or um, you know Supreme Court picks or whatever all that stuff is all old news and we're on to the next thing whether it's Space Force or illegal immigration it's just it's crazy and it's too much to keep up with and people forget the previous stories nobody really seems to be talking about what's going on with those kids in Mexico do, do we even know if they got back with their families I I, I haven't heard. Maybe they have. Maybe they haven't. Um, but that doesn't seem like it's that big a news story anymore. And I could be way off base and just missed it. But um, <laughs> Trump is something else. Uh, hmm. I don't even know how long I've gone here. I do know I'm almost home, though. Uh, what else? No UFC shows this weekend. I don't know if there's a Bellator either. I know UFC is off for a couple weeks. Their next show is um, that Justin Gaethje James Vic fight, which is a really fun, fun main event. Uh, should be some action there. Gaethje needs a win desperately. Um, if Vic gets this win, it would knock him up a level. He's really good. I think he's like eight and one or nine and one in the UFC. He gets no respect or no recognition at all. And he's been really, really good in the UFC. Gaethje's obviously kind of sort of a star, even though he's lost his last two against, um, I think, Poirier and Alvarez are his last two losses. And he's got the win over Michael Johnson. But um, Gaethje doesn't want to lose three in a row and, you know, be in that bottom 15. He needs a win here desperately if he wants to stay in the mix and get big fights in the UFC. You can't do that losing three in a row, no matter how exciting your fights are. And at this point, he's taken some serious damage in all these fights. He just... He has literally, like, no defense. He'll just take shots, take shots, take shots, and then give one. And it's like it leads to fun fights, but at the same time, it's one of those things that's going to shorten your career. I think he's only 29, 30 years old, but... 
Um, he can't keep fighting that way if he wants to have any kind of long-term career at the top in the UFC. He's got to reel that in a bit there. Um, I'm trying to think. PFL. Oh, I just remembered something. PFL. They uh, got some new investors who invested like $28 million. Um, I kind of like weird random celebrities that I'm like kind of baffled by. Uh, one guy was like the Washington Capitals owner. Then you also had Tony Robbins, Kevin Hart, and another name that's it's, it's escaping me right now. But it was like another random celebrity who had nothing to do with Kevin Hart or Tony Robbins. It's like how do these people end up getting together and end up investing in anything like this it's bizarre um i'm assuming somebody has an agent or that knows somebody who knows somebody who owns these dc sports teams and i don't know got in touch with kevin hart it sounds a little bit like all those celebrities invested in the ufc years ago but they were all you know wme img endeavor clients who invested you know 50 grand here 50 grand there but yeah, PFL, somebody, they scammed $28 million out of all these celebrities and businessmen. So um, to me, it sounds like at least we're going to get one more season of PFL, which I, I found entertaining. The, the shows have been fun for the most part. Um, I mean, I don't go out of my way to watch it every week, but when I have, it's been, there's been good fights and the tournament at least there's some purpose there. It's not just a bunch of random fights that nobody cares about, like some of these fight night cards. Um, there's a reason that these guys are fighting, and they can win a million dollars if they win their their tournament bracket, weight class, what have you. Um, so, yeah, PFL should be at least around for one more season with another $28 million to fund that thing. I don't see Tony Robbins or Kevin Hart getting much return on their investment here unless unless they see these Bellator the zone deals and UFC ESPN plus deals and think there's another company out there that's gonna buy up the PFL content for I don't know 20 million a year and they're gonna end up making money on it long term because they invested a few hundred thousand or whatever. Um, maybe that's the logic. You see these other streaming deals and you think, hey, maybe there's one more out there. Maybe we can find one more company that'll give us a streaming deal. I mean, I guess that could be the logic behind it, but I don't know. I don't know how many streaming deals there could be out there. So uh, I think that's pretty much it for MMA and stuff on my end this week. Um, we'll see what Mike talked about. Um, I also don't think I'm going to be around next week either, so we might have to do something similar to this uh, seven days from now as well. But either way, thanks for listening. This was Matt with MMA and stuff. I am pulling into my driveway, and I am going to go home, go to bed, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed this weird version of the show, and we can catch up again next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.